You're listening to Bowls Australia's official podcast, The Right Line, rolling you through the latest from the world of bowls. Subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Right Line, Bowls Australia's official podcast. Val Febo here with you today for episode 70 and we continue in our reflection of the 2023 World Bowls Championships today because we have two very special guests joining us and they were on the top step of the podium. One of them is Kelsey Cottrell. She's going to join us later in the show, but before we do any of that, well, one of the feel-good stories of the World Bowls Championships was Jackie Hudson with her vision-impaired gold medal with her director, Rob, and then Jake Felberg and his director, Cody. Jackie has been good enough to join me on the show. Jackie, welcome and congratulations. How's it all sunk in? Oh, good morning and thank you for having me. Um well, it's still sinking in a little bit. Um, being a, a world champion still sounds a little bit surreal. Um, as I said, it's nothing. Uh, never thought that would be said about me about anything, but uh, it's very unbelievable, but it still feels pretty darn good. I don't blame you. It's, uh, it was pretty good to watch as well, that final against South Africa. But has the enormity of what you've achieved sunk in? You mentioned that, you know, it, it hasn't quite, you know, being a world champion hasn't, but, you know, the enormity with that to, you know, you are the best in the world at that discipline, you know, what what comes to your mind when you think of that? Well, it's probably still sinking in. Um, and, and about what really is a big deal, a lot bigger deal than, than probably what I was expecting and I'm still getting really surprised when, uh, since I've been home, when when people walk past and 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 congratulate me, and I stop and think, oh, what 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 for? And even you know, on our on our daily walk this morning, um, one of our neighbours we we passed um, down near the beach and she came running over and and congratulated me and well done and um, yes, yeah, so, so that's that still surprises me when people are doing that, but um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, it's slowly stinking in, but but probably it's it's getting back to normal and, and just getting back to life again. Yeah, more than fair enough. But uh, you well and truly deserve all of those plaudits. And even more so because it was history for you and Jake Felberg because the two of you earned the very first para gold medal in World Bowls Championships history. So how much does that mean to you? Oh boy, it actually means the world um, to me to, to win that and winning the actual first ever para gold medal. And I think it was actually Australia's first gold medal overall it was. Um, at the championships. Yay. And you know what? That's something that can never be taken away from us. Um, that sort of really hit me. And and we're I guess we're kind of a part of Bowl's history. And hopefully, um, we'll lead the, the way for other paras and and especially VI bowlers to follow on and and create their own memories. One hundred percent. And I, I was lucky enough to be there to witness your history and to commentate the match with Brett Wilkie and uh, and Julie Keegan. And we were so impressed with the way that uh, that you guys jumped out to an early lead, but the way that you remained steady when South Africa's Herman Schultz and May Homer um, pushed on and they came at you um, right until the very end. But what was the key to remaining calm in that final? Because you go into the last end at 14-all. They've come from 12-5 down. How did you and Jake remain steady and just continue with your process? 
actually you're making me feel more nervous now <laughs> reliving it i i think i'm basically a, a very calm person by nature anyway um rob's normally nervous enough for for both of us <laughs> so there's no there's no point in us both getting stressed um and i always think well you can't get a bad bowl back again so you you just step back um you refocus you stick to your progress a uh, pro progress pro process um especially on that last end and i think i was actually able to block out everything around me um like i actually didn't know that that our girls fours had finished their game and they were all there still yep. waiting and 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 watching and I actually went over and just had a, a quiet word with with Claire Turley, um, our side coach, and and she's a very has a very calming influence. I've I've found. Um, I don't think I let the pressure get to me that much, and I think I just managed to get my goals, bowls in uh, in a good position on, on the final end. And um, at the end of the day, um, was I think I just kept in my head it's it's a game of bowls. It doesn't matter what happens. The world's still going to keep turning. Um, it doesn't matter what the result is. Um, they would end up with the right result, which was which was good. But yeah, I think just just refocusing, um, just concentrating on one thing at a time, and and not letting anything get to you or or anything outside influence you. Well, you certainly I think that helped me. You certainly didn't. And well, the the final bowl when Herman Schultz couldn't draw the shot. What went through your mind? I saw there was a big fist pump. Uh, I was stand, I was sitting right next to you. You were very happy. But um, mm. what went through your mind in the immediate aftermath? Probably relief, yeah. I think, would have been the biggest thing, like immediate. And and then, of course, you know, absolute joy. And, and actually, for a minute, I actually felt sorry for, for May and Herman because, you know, that could have been us. Um, and, and then... Happy tears. I didn't worry about it anymore, but but I did. You know, apart yeah. from, phew, that's us. And then I thought, oh, they must be feeling dreadful because the, that's probably how we would be feeling if, if the shoe was on the other foot. And it was a very pivotal match for the two of you, for you and Jake as well, because the last couple of times that you'd actually played South Africa, they'd gotten the better of you. So, you know, what, were there any sort of plans going into the match in what you could do to try and combat the juggernaut that was Herman and May? Not really. I think it was just still sticking to, to our plan, how how we played. We didn't we didn't change that much. Um it, it was an absolute delight. I think we've only beaten them once, and that was at the at the multinations. And they I think they they we beat them and then in the final um they beat us. And then, of course, during the the lead-up games to the to the finals, they beat us. And and actually, Rob just said, "Well, I think we'll just we'll do the reverse this time, and we'll beat you in the final." Exactly right. So and that's just just a mindset, I think. And and then just sticking sticking to your game plan and um, yeah, hoping for the best. Well, that's exactly what you did. And talk to us about your relationship between you and your husband, Rob. Now, you know, what's the dynamic like on the green with uh, with the two of you? He's, of course, your husband and your director. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting one because, you know, there, there, there's no squabbles, is there? Uh, well, Rob and I have been married for over 40 years now, <laughs> but and I guess it's just like at home. You have your ups and downs and, and on the green. And, and if you can imagine being told 
by your husband all day what to do, what you've done wrong, what you've done right. Things can get a little bit testy at times. But I think actually having having discussions, we had a lot of team discussions uh, with uh, with with Claire and about you know how we actually um, communicate on on the green. The it's very important the information that you receive from your director and how you receive it. And I think Jake was he felt the same as well with with Cody. Um, Rob's a very patient man, but but not always tolerant. I'd say where I'm actually very tolerant, but not terribly patient. So um, that seems to work out. But uh, I think it's just the uh, having somebody there with you is also very important. I mean, he only wants the best for me. And and sometimes if I'm not doing my best, he tends to get a, a little bit disappointed and um, when he knows I can do better. But being told that doesn't make me happy all the time. No, no, of but, course but, not. But, 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 <laughs> but, but I, I think we're, uh, we're, we're, we're learning. Um, and, and I said with, with advice that we've, we've been getting and, and, and it's, a, it's an ongoing process uh, because we don't, we don't normally, you know, we don't play together. So at bowls, um, very, very rarely. So, um, but, but it seemed to, uh, it seemed to work out quite, quite happily um, while we're away and, and, and said we're both learning um, as well all the time. Well, we'll get to a little bit of that later because I know you haven't been bowling Mm. for, for too long, but before we get to that now, um, your relationship with with Jake and your team dynamic, what what makes him such a special bowler? He's of course the first para bowler to win a Com Games and World Bowls Championships gold medal. So, um, you know, talk to us about him and what makes him such a prodigious talent. Wow, uh, where to start with Jake? <laughs> Jake and I only um, partnered up this year, so we're we're at the Maltese. That was the first time. And and I think even over a short time, um, we've actually formed a, a very close relationship, both on and off the field. Um, you know, we we regular contact. We 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 phone each other. Um, we we have lunch or meals out with the boys when when we're away at camps, and we're a little bit like the odd couple, I think. Um, <laughs> he's the, he's the young one who's been playing forever, and and you know I'm the old one who's who's still learning. There's a big age difference there, but that doesn't seem to really come into play. And and Jake's been playing since he was a kid, and I think you know his life evolves around bowls. And he's such a perfectionist. Um, he he puts a lot of pressure on himself to to be. He aims very high, uh, and he constantly amazes me with with his awesome ability. And can you imagine how good he would be if he could actually see? Oh, you know, it'd be properly? scary. Scary. Oh, absolutely. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, playing with him has has been an absolute highlight, and and we're still we're we're learning from each other, which, which is a a good thing, I think. Ah, so, amazing, yeah. amazing, and and he is a prodigious talent. We saw there was that end oh. when you trailed the jack into the ditch, and then Jake drew to the ditch twice in a row um, to seal. Amazing. I think it was a three amazing. or four. It was it was yeah. like and oh. uh, bowlers that would. Be, that aren't visually impaired wouldn't be able to do that. And Jake managed to do it twice in a row. He was absolutely sensational, as were you in that final. But speaking of not just the final, but overall, you took home a second gold medal as part of the best overall para team. How much does that mean to you? Because that's more history in itself right there. 
Oh, wow. That was really, really special. But just being part of that whole team, that's such an amazing group of people to share that with. I mean, you know them all, um, Cheryl, um, Serena, yeah. Damien, Jimmy, uh, and, of course, Jake and, and Cody and, and Rob. Um just being able to do it with with that team of people was was wonderful, and and I think we've all been given we were given the chance to to just showcase the these words get bandied around a lot, but the diversity and the inclusiveness of of bowls, um, which was absolutely so it was a privilege to be able to to win that inaugural trophy um, with with that group of people, and 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 I think it was just the icing on the cake. It was it was sensational, and all of you are such. And of course, I do know you all. You're all fantastic people, and um, you know, on and off the green, which is just amazing. And it's so good to see that reward for for all of you. And talk to us now about your journey, because uh, you told me at the World Champs that you haven't been bowling for too long. So, um, when and how did you pick up the sport, and what do you love most about it? Well, um, well, I've never really played sport at all, I think, apart from what was compulsory when I was at boarding school. <laughs> and I was usually the last one to get picked on a team, can't understand why. Um, but when we retired uh, and, and moved to Fingal Bay, I think I went up to a, a, a Christmas lunch with the men's and women's bowls um, here at Fingal Bay. And and one of the, actually, she was the coach at the time, said, you know, would you like to learn to play? And I was sort of a bit, bit surprised and and thought, well, you know, I can't see past the end of my nose. And she said, that's fine. She said, come and give it a go. And I'm usually up for a bit of a challenge. So off I went. And um, it was, it was for me, a, a way to meet people and, and make new friends, you know, when you move to somewhere new. And plus, we just live um, five houses down from the club, oh, so I can I can walk to bowls. I can take myself. I don't have to rely on anybody. Um, it, I don't have to depend on anybody else um, to take me. So, um, yeah, just sort of went on from there. It was it was mainly, uh, you know, just just for fun uh, to start with, and and but I absolutely loved the the friendship, and I was accepted up there by everybody. Um, you know, I have a lot of fun and, and I, I enjoy the competition um, and I like to win, but someone's always got to come second. I come second a lot. I never lose a game. I just come second lots. <laughs> um, but, but you know, it, it's it's something that I enjoy. Um, I'm, I'm happy playing it. And, and I think if you're not happy, then then don't do it. Um, exactly right. You couldn't have uh, couldn't have said it better myself. But no, it's it's amazing how how quickly that you've come through and uh, you bowl out of Fingal Bay. You mentioned how supportive has the club been of your journey. You said it's a really accepting club and um, how good the people are there. But I'm sure they must have got a kick of seeing you on the top step of the podium with Jake. Oh, I think they're just as excited as I am, to be honest. Um, when I came, when we flew home last Monday week, um, there was a little welcoming committee and balloons and all sorts of things at the front of our house. But the ladies from from the uh, Fingal Bay Women's Bowling Club, they've always been supportive and, and they're always really encouraging and, and they'd like to follow what I'm doing. But they don't make any allowances for me when I'm playing them. Um, but they're always very willing to help if I ask for any. Um, and I think they're they're really proud of my achievement, and they've been spoiling me since I got back. With you know, I was surprised lunch the other day, and um, they've just all been wonderful. So I, I can't really thank them all enough. 
Uh, it seems like a wonderful club from how you've described it. And I remember you telling me that sport actually does run in the family with you. <laughs> so um, elaborate on on that for us and, you know, how, how it is in the pedigree. And you said you weren't a sportsman, but with something that your relatives have achieved, well, you know, it shouldn't be too surprising that you're a world champion. <laughs> well, they've always been very sporty. My kid was spent, well, the kids were always, were always spending every weekend at you know, soccer, cricket, you know, athletics, football, hockey, whatever. Um, so I've always been their biggest supporter. Um, but my younger son um, ended up, he was a socceroo and, and played at the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And um, he also had two years on scholarship at the at the AIS. Wow. So that felt really that felt really weird when I went there um, as a parachakaroo into camp. I'm thinking, God, I was here, you know, like 30, 40, I can't remember how many years ago, um, taking him and here I was going in there. And then um, my oldest uh, grandson, my other son's um, oldest boy, he, um, they, he plays rugby league and he actually went to the um, Rugby League World Cup in England last year and represented my home country, PNG, and he just happens to be captaining the Kummels tomorrow night or afternoon against the PMs 13. And also his younger brother um, is also um, has also been picked to play for PNG. Wow. So that's a very, the very, very proud moment. They're up in Port Moresby um, playing up there. But they all think it's really funny that, you know, it's usually Nana sending the message, you know, good <laughs> luck, you know, stay safe, da-da-da-da. And, and then now they've been doing it. They've all been doing it to me. But... I, I sort of joke that, well, it's sort of obvious now where you all get your talent from, but you know what? Not one of them can say that they're a world champion. Exactly I've right. That, I've got that over them at the moment. So. Exactly yeah. right. And Nana rules the roost, and that is the perfect way to end this interview, Jackie, because uh, you you were absolutely inspiring throughout the World Bowls Championships, and it was an absolute pleasure to be able to watch you and Jake dominate the world and take home that gold medal. And um, it's something that will be able to sit with me for a very long time. And um, I, I'm so ecstatic for the both of you and what you've achieved. And um, fingers crossed for many, many, many more gold medals over over the next few years. So congratulations again and thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. And and as I said to Lindsay Clark, she's just finishing her career. I feel like mine's just starting. So looking forward to that. Jackie Hudson there joining me on the right line. What an unbelievable human she is. And I'm so happy for her that she was able to get that World Bowls Championships gold medal. And we're going to continue in that golden flavour up next as Kelsey Cottrell joins me on the right line. You're listening to The Right Line. Val Febo here with you on Bowls Australia's official podcast. A big thank you to Jackie Hudson for joining me in the last segment. What a star she is, both on and off the green. And look, she might be out for my job as well because she speaks pretty darn well. And speaking of someone who does everything well, it's the one and only Kelsey Cottrell. She's a three-time world champion now. And Kelsey joins me. Thanks for joining us, Kelsey. And uh, congratulations on yet another title. Has the fortnight quite sunk in yet? Uh, hello, Val. Um, no, um, I suppose that is my honest answer. No, it probably hasn't really sunk in. It's been um, all hands on deck since being home. Um, we played the final on a Sunday and I was straight back to work on Monday and worked a six-day week and then had a, a busy week this week as well. So I probably really haven't had a chance to just sit and and kind of chill out and, and, and think about what happened and, and ha- definitely haven't had a chance to watch it back yet. Um, I think I've watched maybe two ends and that's about it. So. Yeah, all hands on deck. And then, of course, the kids have been hanging off me like a rash. So, 
Well, they would have been because they uh, they didn't get much time with you, even though it was a home uh, home world championships. They had to kind of let mum go and do her do her thing, and then also dad Andrew Howie was uh, he was doing his thing as the uh, as the events manager and uh, the tournament director. But three time world champion Kelsey, that has a great ring to it. What does that mean to you? Um, look, yeah, it's it's pretty special, I guess. Um, I suppose it just shows a little bit of longevity, I suppose, in my career. I haven't um, ever won, you know, two in, in one hit like some of these other greedy girls or friends of mine that I know. Um, yeah, so I think it's just, um, yeah, just showing um, a bit of longevity of my career and, and it's also special to have, have done it in different disciplines with different people and, and also, um, you know, in different positions as well to, to win a world championship as a lead and then, you know, to go on and win one as a skip. Um, yeah, I think it's just... Um, uh, I suppose for me, it's kind of just, yeah, summing up my career. I've, I've had a little bit of everything over the years and, and I've had the privilege of doing it for such a long time. Well, yeah, I think 11 years since your first and not to mention the fact that you've done it in pairs, triples and fours now, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, but we'll go in chronological order, I guess, to sort of sum up the the fortnight in a whole. But you, Dawn and Lindsay, before you won the triples, you played in the fours with Christina Christick and took home a silver. But what was the key for the three of you to rebound and then go undefeated in the triples? Um, yeah, I think it was just to take out the positives of the fours and there, and there was a lot of positives along the way. It's always hard when you look back on an event and you and you finish on that negative note. You you walk away with a silver and it feels like a loss, but, you know, in actual fact, you know, you finished second and you've, you've had a, you know, a great week, but it is hard to, to think of that at the time, you know, you just leading and thinking, Oh my God, you know, why did I play so bad? And why did this happen? And why did it have to be today? You know, and you've got all these like doubtful things in your mind. And the good thing for us was we had a couple of days just to recoup, um, go and do stuff. I actually went to SeaWorld with my kids for the day and just totally didn't even think about bowls. Just, just spent the day with the kids and just, um, yeah, I don't know, just, just reset. I think I got home that night after spending the day with the girls and, um, yeah, caught up with, with Johnny and, and Linz and we just sort of chatted about the good things that come out of the fours and what our game plan will be for the triples and, and just went in with like a totally fresh um, mindset for the triples. Ah, that's great. And it, across the tournament, there were a couple of very tense semifinals. And before you went on, before you, we get on to the triples properly, I need to ask about that Scotland Fours semi because you were twelve nil down. How on earth did the four of you win that match? Um, look, I think we always um, have a bit of a saying amongst us. You know, when it, you when you get down, you get behind on the board. I think it was maybe Linz that said, "Well, let's think, look at it this way: it's going to take more than twelve shots to beat us. You're going to have to score a lot more than twelve to beat us. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to fight back, and it's just, a, you know, whether we can get there in time. I think that's probably the thing in, in at an international level when you've only got fifteen ends. Um, you know, that's probably the one thing that is the only doubt in your mind. I think you know that you've got the ability and you've got, you know, the chance to come back and you can play all the shots and you can get back in front, but it's whether you can do it quick enough. Um, but yeah, we had a really positive, um, positive mindset the whole time. Um, for me personally, um, I knew that I wasn't playing well. I, I wasn't contributing enough in those opening ends and, and it was just, just waiting for that chance, I suppose, to just, um, to have an impact and um, and to really turn things around for, for myself and, and, and the other girls as well. And, um, yeah, and it just, just sort of all panned out nicely those last few ends. Um, the girls played a really great, I think from memory, 
I sort of probably don't remember the area. It was the second last end back towards um, where the Aussie boys were sitting and the girls had a great end. And again, I didn't contribute. If I had to contribute like one or two extra shots at that end, we might not have been in as much trouble the last end, but the girls um, set it up nicely, gave us a chance. We're only three behind playing the last end. And um, I think anyone uh, of any level of sport, uh, you know, any level of bowls would know that going into our last end three behind is very doable. Um, and yeah, and it just all sort of panned out nicely for us. Certainly did, and uh, winning it on an extra end over the Scots, despite being, I think it was six down with two two regulation ends to play. It was one of the more remarkable matches of the World Bowls Championships, and you guys were able to to get the job done. And unfortunately, it wasn't to be against England in the final, but. Um, the way you guys moved into the triples and the positives that you took, and you said that you mentioned Lindsay spoke about it last week, how you guys didn't play badly. It was just England were too good on the day. But um, you got through relatively unscathed all the way through to the semifinals where you met Ireland. Um, you'd beaten them in the sectional rounds. I think it was 20-8. to eight. But what was the difference? Because they came out firing and they stormed home to give themselves a real chance of getting you guys in the final four. Fast, fun and for everyone. Bowls Australia's social bowls program, Jack Attack, is like barefoot bowls but better. Jack Attack is the perfect way for beginners to get into bowls. With the short and sharp format suitable for people of all ages. Head to jackattack.com.au for more information. Yeah, so I think the difference with when we played Ireland in sectional play to when we played them in semi-finals was was purely the way that they came out and played. The sectional game against Ireland, I remember it very well. We played at Mudry Bar. Conditions were perfect. You know, we, we stuck to our game plan. We took the man up. We played short and, and it was by far our best game. We completely dominated. We were so consistent. Um, and it was just one of those games that we were like, okay, right, we really need to bottle this performance because this is how we want to play come finals. This is what we're capable of. When we come out in the semi-final, the conditions are a little bit harder. We had a bit of a patch in the middle there where it was mighty difficult to get close. Like, it, you know, it was kind of get within a yard um, because the wind was, was really swirling at Helen's file. But then it sort of settled towards the end. And I still think that we played really well in that semi-final and, and played to our ability and what the conditions led us. But I think it was just Ireland that come out and played so much better than they had in sectional play. And, and they just come off a really good win in the quarterfinal against England, which come down to the last bowl. And they were on a high. So, yeah, they came out and played really well. But... um. Yeah, two very interesting games um, playing against Ireland, but um, very lucky. You know, obviously we got away with that win. We got off to a good start and we just held that, that lead the entire game. And the girls played a good last end to make it really difficult for them to score a couple to take it to an extra end. Yeah, the way that you guys set up that last end, we were doing the match next to you, which was coincidentally also Australia versus Ireland in the men's fours. But um, yeah, the way that you guys seemed to set up that last end, it all seemed much too difficult um, for the Irish. And despite they were, they did come out breathing fire after the win against England, which we did sort of cover the end of. Um, it was absolutely sensational. But you guys got through to the final to take on New Zealand, and you guys were on top from the get go. So what was what was what were the plans going into that match? If you if you had many. Um, yeah, we had we had um, we had a lot of plans. I guess yeah. we'd had you know a, a good few days of sectional play where we felt like we'd played really well. Um, we had a great a great day at Helen's Bowl with that quarter final against South Africa, and then the, the, that tight win against Ireland. So I think we went in with a lot of confidence. Um, and the three of us also talked a lot about how much we'd played on that rink at Broadbeach with the grandstands up, like a, you know between Lindsay and I, and, and also Dawny having a lot of experience playing Australian Open finals on that rink. So we really felt confident that, you know, we'd go out there and feel really comfortable. 
uh, we had a, a game plan that had worked from start to finish. So we, you know, we took the mat up um, and yeah, just got off to that dream start that you you want to get off to in a in a final. You certainly did, and then as Val Smith started to work her way in, she started to play a really defiant game. Um, to get within four before you played a couple of absolute bombs. And I even think I saw Andrew Howie give a little fist pump, which you don't see much from him. Um, what was your mindset in uh, in those situations? Because it was a really critical time in the match. Yeah, um, look, I was obviously really proud of the girls at that stage that we'd got off to this, this great lead. I think I remember looking at the scoreboard and I think it was 11-2 when I looked and, and thought, yeah, great, this is, this is perfect. You know, now, you know, we just can't take the foot off the pedal. You know, we've just got to keep going. I think it's a lot of people sort of get a bit defensive and start trying to cover and, you know, but it was just a matter of just stick to our guns, keep doing what we were doing. Um, and we weren't going to be able to stop Val if she come out and played some bombs. It was not much we could do about it. Um, she got through a bit of a shaky start, but really settled into the game. And I think there was an end where we held three or four and she drew the shot twice, I think. Um, and that kind of gave her, you could see it in her body language, that it gave her a bit of a confidence boost. So, um, but we were fine with that. We had a good lead. So she played a great end. Let's move on to the next end and do it again and put her under more pressure and just keep putting her under the pump every end. And that's what the front two girls did. Dawny and Lynn just set heads up perfectly. Um, and then it was just a matter of me coming along and um, just putting the icing on the cake a couple of times and just playing a couple of good ones. Um, yeah, so it was just... I'm not that. Yeah, I've, I've got to watch it back because I, I think I do. I, I don't often watch games back, but I think it will be one that I'll you know love to watch because I, I think it was just a perfect lead performance from Dawny. She played outstanding. Lynn played perfect. Just got there the few times that Dawny missed. Um, she covered well, and then um, yeah, just I played those those couple of good ones in the middle of the game when England, uh, sorry, not England, when New Zealand were getting a bit of a sniff. Um, so it was just. To me, it was just a perfect triples performance. It was, and we'll get to Dawn and Lindsay separately after this, but what went through your mind when you knew the match was yours? Lindsay said that she started to get a little tear in her eye at Val's penultimate bowl when she ended up short and they needed five to send it through to an extra end. But when did you know and what went through your mind in the immediacy? Um, yeah, I think as soon as Val's ball was about halfway up, the halfway down sort of the green, I could see that it was going to drop short. I kind of like just gave a little elbow to, I think it was Dawny might have been next to me or Lynn's and just gave a little bit of elbow. And then I sort of walked up the green to play my first ball. And I remember just sucking in some really big breaths because I just knew that we'd won. Um, you know, they only, they had one ball in the ditch already and they had one ball short trying to make a five. So yeah, it was a really... <laughs> relaxing walk back to the mat knowing that young and chuck one down the back but if it goes 10 feet wider in the ditch it actually doesn't matter and I was just I don't know just looking at the crowd and and just yeah just really taking in um what we'd achieved I guess Uh, it was absolutely amazing and um a word on Dawn Heyman her first world championships and the way that she performed throughout the entirety of the two weeks she led superbly for you guys in the triples, but then in the fours as well, she was absolutely magnificent. There is, There aren't m- many more weapons on our home soil that we can use rather than Dawn Heyman because the way that she plays in Australian conditions, she's she's almost unstoppable, isn't she? Yeah, she's, um, in all my years of, of knowing Dawn, I'm playing with Dawn. I spent a lot of time with her at St. John's Park. She's one of the best players of, of quick greens that I've seen. She's just got the most perfect compact delivery. 
she chucks the bowls out. She's very rarely, you know, missing tight. She just, um, you know, chucks them out, let them, let them do their thing, and she has such good weight control. So, um, you know, I was obviously very excited when I saw the team come out and knew that she was going to be leading um, and playing second. And for me, I thought that's that's great. Like, you know, that's that's a, just perfect. She'll she'll always play great weight, and she did that in the fours. She played. Mm-hmm that perfect seconds game where, you know, obviously you're trying to draw the shot if the if the, the lead um, fails, which didn't happen very often with Chrissy, um, but also just playing that great way that she just sort of just sneak in past and cover the tee. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a luxury to have Dawny in the team, absolutely. I've known her for a long time. and One of the first times I saw her, I think she was about 17, and um, myself and Anne Johns were trying to get a team together for a, a like New South Wales women's team. We're going to play in a Premier League against all the men. And it was one of the first events that I'd really seen this Dawn Heyman because we sort of had to ask Gary Willis, who are these young ones coming through? Like, who can we put in? And, you know, he spoke really highly of Dawn and, and Ellen Ryan at the time. And now look what the two of them have achieved. It's just um, been an amazing journey to watch them as the young ones coming through. Um, and I did at the time think that they were going to be the ones that are going to knock me off my perch <laughs> and, and uh, send me home. But I've been very fortunate to, to stay in the mix and be able to play with them because, um, yeah, they make life pretty easy. Yeah, certainly both of them sensational. Alan, a Com Games gold medalist, Jewel, I might add, and uh, and Dawn now a world champion as well. But also, Linny, you've won a plethora of titles together and now she's gone out with the two of you and Dawn on the top step of the World Bowls Championships podium. How special was it to send her out on that high, especially with the relationship that the two of you have? Yeah, oh, super special. Um I didn't sleep great the night before thinking about it. Um, I actually sat up with, with Coach Beck, um, you know, quite late that night, um, writing our, our speech for Lindsay's sort of retirement um, dinner after the game. Um, so it was actually awesome to just sit there and, and reminisce about all the different events that we've been through, all the, all the fun we've had over the years and, and thinking back to when I first met Lindsay when I was only about 14 years old. So. And we've probably been pretty tight, really close mates since I was about 17. She was at my 18th birthday party. Taught me, she's <laughs> taught me a lot over the years. So um, we've got an amazing friendship. And yeah, to to send her out on that note was just a dream come true. And um, I did, after the game, I remember Gary Willis come up and give us a little hug and I hugged him. I said, don't ever do that to me again. Don't ever put me in a team with someone who's retiring. That is so stressful. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I probably once I got out there, I, I stopped thinking about it. But before the game, we were we had a lot of time to kill. We had to get there early and um, you know get organised for TV and get mic'd up and do interviews and things like that. And then we kind of spent like half an hour, pretty much, mm-hmm. just wandering around the Broad Beach Bowl Club, looking like three you know lonely sheep, sort of out on the field and out in the car park and doing some stretches and. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, I could see all her family were coming in and I was like, oh, my God, this is such a massive day. And I was worried for her about how she was going to handle it. Like, with such a big crowd, all her family there, the the moment of, you know, the whole thing. And, and then I think one of the producers said to her, you happy to do a, you know, a speech after the game, win or lose? And I was thinking to myself, can't do that to her. You cannot make her have to do a speech about her retirement after she just lost the final. Like, and I just couldn't stop thinking about you know obviously wanting to win for her but once we got out there on the green and started started the game uh, obviously my my um my brain just switches into to game mode and I was just like right you know what am I gonna do with each each bowl and I was able to kind of put that out of my mind but yeah the hour before the game it was incredibly stressful my heart was my heart was racing and, and for her not for me like mm. I was 
I'm usually pretty cool cucumber and, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a final or if it's the first round, I'm really no different. Um, but it did have a different feel to it. So, yeah, so definitely made sure I got it into Gaz. Don't ever call me with someone who's retiring again. <laughs> well, I think um, I think it would have it wouldn't have helped seeing uh, Lindsay's mum Teresa with the uh, with the jacket with all of Lindsay's face on it. So there's just even more Lindsay's walking around than than what there normally would be. <laughs> I know there was, and then there's her three sisters, and they all look the same. So yep. there's like another three Lindsay's in the crowd, and then her kids. She's got Kenzie who looks identical to oh, her. It's so scary. So there's at least seven or eight Lindsay's there that day. <laughs> Just to heap the pressure on a little bit, but um, look, the two of you have had such a close relationship over the years and, you know, your kids have grown up together now. You don't live too far away from each other. And, you know, how different is it going to be without her in the national squad? I know she's still going to be around for state bowls and she'll still be part of the high performance setup, but on the green, it's going to be very different, isn't it? Yeah, it, it will be. We've sort of gone through these transition periods over the last few years. Like we've, you know, gone through that stage where we've had Kaz retire and then, um, you know, Beck Van Ash has stepped down and now Lynn. So, yeah, probably the people in the team that I've been, you know, friends with and the closest with over the years that I've played with, um, you know, from when I basically first started, I've all sort of gone now. So I think I'm going to be one of the oldest. Um, so I'm just going to have to be like the mum that looks after all these young ones coming through. But, um, yeah, it just, like, I feel a little bit disappointed that she has, that she has, um, pulled up the you know put up the boots so I think she's got a lot more that she can give and we're a sport that you can keep playing forever so there's no age there's no like okay um, she'll probably kill me saying this you're about to turn 40 you better retire we sort of joke about that but we don't really mean it like she could keep playing until she's 50 she's so good and she can play fit anywhere in a team so uh, we're lucky that she's going to hang around she's got a real passion for coaching which which I think will be you know perfect she's going to be perfect working with these young kids coming through um, she can definitely teach him a thing or two, but also make it fun. She's such a fun person to be around. So um, I hope she sticks around and, and moves up the ranks in the coaching and that, you know, down the track, the Jackaroos get to reap the benefits of her experience. But for now, it'll be the Pathways kids coming through, the young ones, um, and then um, with with Queensland as well. Um, the last couple of years, I've been back playing for Queensland. So just getting that passion back for the Maroons. Um, Liz is one of the most passionate Queenslanders going around. Um, so yeah, yeah she like excited, is. excited for nationals, um, and and really starting to feel like that Queensland are building a really good team to um to try and strike some gold in Perth. Yes, very much looking forward to that. We're less than a month away from the nationals kicking off in Western Australia, but after that is the Bowls Premier League, Kelsey, and we announced the teams yesterday. Everything is in. We're all excited for Pine Rivers in November. And Helensvale, well, the Gold Coast Hawks, they have, uh, they've made a couple of changes. Mark Thatcher coming in as coach, but also the return of Brett Wilkie. <laughs> it's a whiz. Yes. Um, yeah, look, we're really excited. Um, it was great to see um, the announcement go out. All the members have sort of been asking and, and sort of guessing on who might who might get a run in the BCL. Um, so, yeah, I was excited that it's, that it's been released. Um, love playing with, with Nathan. He's so, so laid back, just the most chilled out person going around. Um, and I played a, a Premier League season leading for Brett Wilkie, um, just, just uh, January gone. Um, and he's just as chilled out. So, um, and I'm pretty chilled out. So, look, I don't think there's going to be much flair and excitement with the Gold Coast Hawks. I think we'll just be hopefully the team that just flies under the radar, just does our thing, sneaks into finals. And then, yeah, we'll have a good support crew coming up the M1, up to Pine Rivers. Um, we have a good um, mateship with Pine Rivers. So we've got lots of um, supporters that are going to come up and, and cheer us on. So, 
um, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to playing at Pine Rivers again, you know, with all the cameras and the lights and the TV. You know, it's all it's just so much fun. The BPL is just one of the most fun events that you can play in. Um, it's probably one of the, the, the events, too, that I actually enjoy watching. I'm not a great watcher of bowls, but when the BPL comes around, it's awesome to sit there and watch the end of a game and or, you know, stay a bit longer and watch the game that's after you and, and, and just, yeah, just really enjoy um, playing for fun. Like, it is serious, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, and you can just show off your, your colourful side as well. It's absolutely great, and I'm looking forward to being up there watching uh, watching the best of the best do their business, and you very much included in that, Kelsey, and it's been a pleasure watching you on the Gold Coast over the past, well, not past fortnight because we're about a week and a half from the World Championships now, but, um, you know, it was awesome to be there and watch you guys win gold, and you just continue to amaze everybody in the bowling community with how good you really are, Kelsey Cottrell, and thank you very much for joining me on the show. Congratulations again and he's hoping for many more golds in the future yeah fingers fingers crossed um we'll wait with beta breath about the announcement for com games and the next world championships and hopefully it's um somewhere cool that um i can take the kids and make a bit of a family um i suppose do out of it um to prolong my career <laughs> just a little bit more <laughs> Kelsey Cottrell there joining me on the right line. Great to have her on the show. And we're so lucky that we get to sit there and watch the Jackaroos do what they do best. And Kelsey is right up there continuing on with what has been a remarkable year and a half with all of the singles tournaments that she's won. World Bowls Indoor Championships in May this year in Warilla with Aaron Sheriff in the mixed pairs and now a World Bowls Championships gold medal in the triples with Dawn Heyman and Lindsay Clark. That's about all from us here on The Right Line today. Val Febo here with you for another great episode and uh, looking forward to seeing who we can get next week because, well, there is just plenty on the cards. The Nationals beginning in early October and then also the Bowls Premier League in November. Plenty more bowls still to come on the calendar. But until then, you can listen and subscribe to all of our previous Previous shows on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're all there wherever you get your podcasts from. And also Bowls Australia's social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Subscribe, follow all of them because the best content in Bowls coming out is coming from Bowls Australia. So there's plenty to whet your appetite ahead of what is going to be a huge end of the year in Bowls. But until then, from me, Val Febo, on the right line, we'll catch you soon.